0: Am I on? Oh, yes, I'm on. (laughs) Well, there was no question on that one. Well, thank you. Happy Mother's Day again. It's so wonderful to celebrate our mothers, those that are mothers, maybe of fur babies, like Lori said, or it's a nurturing thought, right? We accept, we love unconditionally our children, those that are in our care. So if you've never even had a biological child, maybe you have someone in your care. I think that's just as important. You're mothering someone, those concepts. So Tom has been speaking on um, just emotional health. What does a Christian look like if they're emotionally healthy? Jesus was probably the most emotionally healthy person who walked the earth, right? He knew who he was. He was Made in the image of God as a human. He had already always existed before he came here in earthly flesh, right? And we are children of God. He knew who he was. Behold my beloved son and who I am well pleased, right? So we are secure in our identity. And Tom's talked about just some different things. Control. How many of you are controlling Raise your hand. Okay, you're all lying. Oh, a few of you are telling the truth. At some point in our life, we've been controlling. It's just the truth, right? We may not always be that way, but maybe uh, you're going to disappoint people, and that's difficult for you. Tom's been speaking about some really powerful ways to become emotionally healthy. You know, the beginning of all healing starts with awareness, you know, the same with salvation. If we don't know we're sinners, we're sinners saved by grace, right? The same with emotional healing. And so my topic today is on emotionally health, emotional health. Choose your words wisely. The emotionally healthy Christian through communication. So you have some handouts there, and I'll go through those in the in the. PowerPoint, but there's a small handout for you to just put in your pocket or wallet, and then there's a bigger one for you to be able to see better because, you know, we are getting, o- um, we're getting more mature. <laughs> so um, I'm going to read you a poem called My Choice. God, make me like the mockingbird who having power to imitate he chooses only notes of beauty and sings them to his mate. God, make me like the mountain daisy which clings to hillsides bare, yet catches the glory of the sun and wears it in her hair. God, make me like a mountain stream, resourceful, pure, and clean. O oh, keep me strong to do thy will, yet humble, pure, serene. So in 1944, on April 2nd, that poem was written by Francis V. Grant, and that's my mother. She was quite a poet. I have We have probably thousands of poems. She'd just look out the window. She loved nature. She'd weave nature into her strong Christian faith. And uh, it's a goal of one of my siblings and I, when I retire to put all her poems together. She had started that before she passed. I love this phrase, he chooses only notes of beauty and sings them to his mate. So beautifully written. Her mother really encouraged and supported. They lived in just this small, bitty town in South Carolina, and so not a lot of time (laughs) uh, to spit on your phone. Oh, wait, there were no phones. So... (laughs) uh, She just wrote poetry, and they practiced their music, you know. They did these productive things that ended up really growing and weaving into her life. She just wove the words of her heart into her poetry. So she made a choice in this poem. I chose this one because I loved the title of it, and she made a visual, purposeful, intenseful choice to say I want to do those right things keep me strong to do thy will yet I want to remain humble pure and serene and so I loved that how we speak to others singing beauty over our mate rather than pain or suffering right what does God say about words about speaking with each other over each other about each other, to each other. Well, the creation of life was through words. He created life for when he spoke. I have three different, uh, just different versions uh, of this verse. I thought they were so powerful. Psalm 33, 9. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. New Living Translation. For when he spoke... It came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Berean study Bible. For when he spoke and it was done, you speak it and it's done. I'm going to go a little deeper into that. Your words that you speak are done and they can stand fast or stand firm. That's the King James Bible. Oh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Right? Do you remember that? That is so false. Words hurt deeply or love and encourage mightily. Amen? Right? As God spoke the world into existence, Jesus was the Word, the Logos. He, John 1 1 through 4. In the beginning was the what, everybody? And the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning, same with God. All things were made by who? Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was what, everybody? Life. And the life was the light. Life, light, creation, beauty. These are things of God. The word is life, and he brings light to all. Three things to remember when speaking. Maybe you just take this away from me today. (laughs) Is it kind? Is it true? And is it necessary? You can speak it, it may be true. However, (laughs) is it kind? Or is it really necessary? A lot of gossip. Not necessary, right? I catch myself, too, thinking, oh, I don't need to say that. That's not needed. That's not necessary. So it's a beautiful tool to remember when you're starting to say something. (laughs) Wait a minute. Three rules. Is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? So powerful. So assertiveness comes from Prepare and Rich, this definition. Uh, It's a couple counseling program. I think our pastor uses it. And they believe there's two skills to be or um, for use in effective communication. So the first one is assertiveness. It's not aggression, right? It's assertive. So I always had a misconception of that idea. I thought that was like being rude You don't want to assert yourself into somebody or... No, assertiveness is simply the ability to express your feelings and ask for what you want in a relationship. That is very adult, mature. You think about your children when they were two, five, and they they want something, but all they do is cry (laughs) or scream. You know, you think of a baby. I need you crying. As you grow older... The ability to just express what you want or need, your feelings, to another person. That is so hard for so many of us. I want to say this, but I'm afraid I'll hurt their feelings, right? Or they'll get upset. They got upset last time I said this. I don't want to, so we shut down. We don't really just, we don't feel like we're in a safe place, right? To be able to just express what it is on our heart. And so I saw, uh, I know this was God sent me this. I wasn't looking for it, and here this popped up (laughs) when I was looking at uh, some information on what I'm speaking today. And I hope it can show. It's a video of T.D. Jakes and Stephen Furtick. Stephen Furtick's talking to him about his new book, Drop the Mic, Don't Drop the Mic, T.D. Jakes wrote. And he speaks about this very thing about how we express our feelings to each other.
1: To understand that as an orator and every one of us in here are orators, whether we get paid for it or not, we deliver messages to our children, to our wives, to our husbands, and our family depends on how adept we are at communicating. And here's the challenge. It is one thing to communicate a fact. Two plus two is four. Uh, uh, whatever goes up must come down. It, to, to communicate a fact is it, one thing; to communicate a feeling, some people do not not have not made a connection between heart and mouth. The Bible teaches, "With the heart, man believeth unto salvation; but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation." So, to be able to articulate. I'm sad, you know, I'm sad today. I I am so sad today that it feels as if I will never smile again. And I cannot explain to you fully the source of the sadness, but it is as if all the color has been washed out of the earth and water does not feel wet. And though the sun rose, it did not shine. And though I am breathing, I cannot get air. And my soul is sad. To be able to, uh, to describe a feeling to the point that it yeah, conveys. Yeah, i kind of
0: depressed all of a sudden. <laughs> you know? Or,
1: or, or I, I love you. I love the scent of your hair. I love the gleam in your eyes. I love the way you lay your head on my shoulder, and I love the way you need me, and I'm not afraid to show me. Well, you know, you know, what do you love about me? I love you. That's fine. What do you love? Some people do not have the, the they have not worked out in the gymnasium of communication enough to express what they are feeling. It is not that they're not feeling it. They haven't worked out to use the skills that are necessary to communicate what is in the heart. And so many marriages explode for the lack of something that both of them have, but they drop the mic. They don't communicate effectively one to another what you need. And so you leave this woman who actually had what you needed, but didn't know how to give it, for some other woman who knows how to talk it, but doesn't mean it, like the woman you left. And and that's also true with the men, irrespective of gender, this is what happens, and this is what happens in our country and in our world, where we are talking at each other.
0: Yeah, right? Pretty powerful. Just that learning that (coughs) emotionally healthy way to express how we're feeling. It's very difficult if you didn't grow up seeing that. Your parents didn't model that. They worked hard. They were there. You know, they provided for you. But emotions and how to express them, most people, that's very difficult. And that really can affect your relationship when it comes down to You just trying to be assertive and say, look, I feel this and I need this. And so you think it's simple, but it's really not for many people. So they end up yelling, screaming, shutting down, withdrawing, like he said, leaving relationships over and over again, leaving. Because guess what they find in the next relationship? Pretty much the same thing. So... It's something you have to build and grow and learn how to do. Well, how do you do that? Before I go there, I have a little tool you're holding, but I wanted to just share with you how our words matter. Proverbs 16, like so much powerful scripture about our words and what we say and how it affects others, right? Proverbs 16, 13, the king is pleased with words from righteous lips. Your praise will ever be on our lips, right? He, What does he do, everybody? He loves those who what? Speak honestly. Remember? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, that's listed first, so you can think of these other things. If you don't speak truth honestly, these other things have difficulty following. Purity, humility, uh, praiseworthy. In that Philippians verse. What kind of words in verse 24? Kind words. Let's say that together. Kind words are what? Like honey. Sweet to the soul. And, ooh, I like this part. Healthy for the body. They even help you be healthy. They've done studies on the brain of people that complain all the time. It affects your brain changes if you complain all day. Did you know that? (laughs) Look, kind words are like honey, sweet for the soul and healthy for the body. Better to, what everybody, be patient than powerful. Better to have, what everyone, self-control than to conquer a city. Wow, okay. So words really do are impactful and have a meaning. If you will take that little... Um, what you've got there, the first one, it's called Adult parent Childs of inter- Styles of Interaction. Do you see that? It's got lots of arrows on it. More arrows than the other one. <laughs> All right, number one, the point I want to make. We're going to read number one together. Be an adult. Let's read it again. Be an adult trying to keep that simple so you'll remember it. Hopefully you can as you go through your week when you start to talk to your spouse, children, others that work with you. So as you look through that, you've had a little time to read it, just that adult-to-adult styles of interaction. For those that are home watching, it's kind of small for you. So I'm going to read some of these things for you, and maybe we can post these on our website so it can be bigger. Adult to adult's the goal, right? You state your goals, you're polite, you're truthful, hopeful, loving. You communicate, you listen, you hear, you request. If you notice the adult to adult, what your goal is, look in the parent to parent. The last word in parent to parent is demanding. So as an adult, you want to stay in that role. You request. As an adult, you demand as a parent, do this, do that, right? No, we request it. We hope they do it. But you can't control them. <laughs> so you hope they'll do it. A wife struggling, wants her husband just to take the trash out. How simple is that? Right, wives? Simple. No, not so simple. <laughs> so... <laughs> You request, I would love it if you would take the trash out. It really is a blessing to me. I know you're busy, but the trash is building up. Can you take that out? Now, husbands have to be given a time frame. <laughs> Maybe in, in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> no. <laughs> so learning to request, not demand, right? Be peaceful. My mother talked about I want to be strong, but I want to be resourceful. Right And serene, pure, peaceful, honorable, secure, humble. As you read through those, think about, do you recognize any of these? Being kind, self-controlled, joyful, gentle. Right? Do you remember that from any other scripture? We're going to go over it in a minute, but it may be coming up to you. Just think about the last time you communicated with your spouse. Like, was it adult to adult? <laughs> Was it adult to child? Who falls into the child role? Never me, <laughs> right? Ah, uh, argumentative. Child to child, rebellious, pouts, withdraws. How many of you, when it gets stressed out, you just withdraw? That's just your mo. You stonewall or withdraw, right? That's very childish. That's what a three-year-old w- does. Adults actually stay there in the conversation, unless it gets too heated, then you take a break. But you stay there, you stay engaged, you try to work through it. You do those things in love, right? It's good. What do you guys think of that? Yeah? It's so powerful, so eye-opening, right? So we want to stay adult to adult. That's the next slide. Right, 1 Corinthians thirteen eleven. what's God say? <laughs> when I was a child, I spoke as a child, argumentative, rebellious, pouts, <laughs> holds grudges, exaggerates. Child, I thought as a child, revengeful, defensive, blames. But when I became a man or grown up, a woman, right, what did you do? You put away childish things. Even in our speaking, our words, how we talk to each other, we put those away, we put those aside. We're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to get defensive and upset and reactionary and blame. There are personality types who they just, it's too painful for them to own up to anything and be accountable. So they'll spend a lot of time uh, shutting down, and then shifting the blame it's called blame shifting onto the person that they b- are trying to talk to cuz they it's just too painful for them to actually own up to what they've done so this that's what but it's very childish right cuz they don't know how to express what they're go- what's going on so i just want you to know if you're still being triggered if something you know, you feel it in your body. It goes like that, zero to 100 very quickly. You're reactionary. Know that that just is a signal that there's some healing that needs to take place for you in that area. There's some trauma there or pain that's not been processed. Something's going on with you that you keep getting triggered in that those same ways. If someone sa- asks you to do something or says something and you go, boom, Right? That just means there's something unhealed there. So you have to take that before the Lord. Go seek counseling. Go work through it because it's still happening, right? You fall into this child mode again. Why do you keep doing that? So this I'm giving you today is the what you can do to change it, but there's always a why. So if you are quick to anger, if you are quick to react, Just know that's something old, and it's being triggered, and it's a pain that has not been processed. So know that, right? Be aware of that. Awareness is the beginning of healing, right? So what do you think about the child to child? Anybody um, ever fallen into the child? (laughs) Never, (laughs) right? Oh, well, kind of. Maybe I do. Just know that about yourself hey, what am I doing? This is not godly. He said to put this away. I need to really reflect on this, take this before the Lord, or go get some healing. So adult to adult, fruit of the Spirit. I was kind of just throwing it out there, but look at so many of those words in that adult to adult conversation are in the fruit of the Spirit. Loving, kind, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is what everybody, love, joy, that's on there. Peace, patience, that's on there. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. Look at all those that are in that adult to adult. So if you're in the fruit of the Spirit, if you're walking in the Spirit and not of the flesh, you're going to be an adult. You're going to speak to your spouse or others in your life as an adult as the lord wants you to another concept of adult to adult is love covering all things in first corinthians 13 right love is what everybody patient and kind love does not envy or boast Hmm. it is not arrogant or rude Last time you talked to your spouse or friend or colleague, or were you rude? Ooh, maybe. <laughs> Is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. I love this. Keeps no records of wrongs. It's right there on that list. But it rejoices with the, what everybody? Truth. Let's read that verse 7 together. Love bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. How beautiful is that, right? Just know that in your speech, as God spoke life into the earth, that's what he wants in your families. He wants life. He wants light. He doesn't want blaming, criticism. All right? You, you, if you're angry, don't sin in that. Express what you're feeling. Well, how do you do that? How do you do adult to adult? I'm going to give you a little tool today. Okay? You excited about that? <laughs> Woo-hoo! So I just have this again listed, this adult parent-child, for, for me to just reflect on what that states. As you look back, what do I tend to do? Do I fall into that adult? Do I stay there, or uh, excuse me, not fall into the adult, but do I stay there, do I choose that, or do I become a parent, ordering, demanding, codependent, controlling, or do I become like a child? I loved my mother's quote on he chooses only notes of beauty and sings them to his mate. You sing joy, you sing encouragement, you sing love, over your mate. How beautiful is that, huh? Next we look at speaking truth in love. That's number 2. So let's all say that together. Speak truth in love. So number 1, be an adult. Number 2, speak truth in love. Ephesians 4:15. Instead speaking the what, everyone? Truth in love. If you're at home watching, type that in the comments. Truth and love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him. Isn't that our goal? To grow up in Christ, to become mature, not stay as a child? Who is the head? That is Christ. Amen for that word. Ephesians 4, 29 and 32. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, which is good for necessary edification, the building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers and be kind to one another, even as God in Christ, he forgave you. Right? We're worthy of that. He forgave us. We're to do that with others in our life. Amen. Well, How do you stay and be an adult? The first one, being assertive, expressing your feelings. Second component of good, effective communication is active listening. What is it, everybody? Active. I'm seeing if you're listening or not. Just kidding. No, but it's so important. So this is something so simple to do. How do I know... My husband heard me. How do I know my wife heard me? How do I know my child heard me? You just let your partner or whomever you're speaking with know you understand them, and all you do is restate what they said. Okay, so I understand you want me to go to the store and get milk and eggs and bread. You've just affirmed what they just said. They were heard. People want to be heard. We are 24-7 trying to meet our needs. That's what we do all day long. (laughs) And so part of those needs are I need to be heard. And if you don't feel heard, guess what people do? They get louder. Well, okay, they didn't hear me that time. I'm just going to say it louder, (laughs) right? (laughs) Oh, they didn't hear me that time, so I'm going to manipulate through being sweet and... Uh, Give them a kiss, and that's still manipulating. You You want to be heard, though. It's important you be heard, what you're asking. So we do that as an adult. We're able to just speak what we want from the other person, and a great way to do that in affirming them that they know they've felt heard is you just restate what they've said. So that's one way to do it. So the next slide says affirm, assert, and detach, right? It's got some arrows going on there. Dr. Michael Mania, he was our founder of Kingdom Community Ministries, and he, qu- he kind of coined this and, and came up with this, going around the communication mountain. So how do you stay adult to adult? How do I make sure I'm able to be assertive and let people know what it is I want to say? Well, we all need to be affirmed and validated. One way is to use active listening, right? Okay, I hear what you said. This is my understanding of what you said. So I'm gonna tell you a little story about Bill and I. Okay, you wanna hear it? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't use this so well. So um, our first official date, we're going to Disney on Ice downtown, right? So what's the restaurant close to Disney on Ice downtown? is an Italian restaurant called Eurekio's, right? So I go there. We, I I was not uh, still, like, newly dating, so I drove and he drove separate cars, and then we were going to go together to the Disney on Ice. So I'm sitting at Eurekio's, waiting. They bring water. Uh, they bring the salads. <laughs> and I thought, geez, I think I've been stood up, right? So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. I'm calling my daughter. Have you heard from Bill? This is pre-lots of cell phones, but Bill had one. I had one, but Bill finally calls me, and he goes, where are you? (laughs) And I said, well, where are you? And he goes, I was thinking I'd been stood up. (laughs) And I said, yeah, me too. And he said, so, I said, I'm at Eurekio's, and I can hear him in the background. He tells the people at Frugati's <laughs> that uh, she's at Eurekio's, and I heard all these people cheering, right, <laughs> because he had ordered water, salads, right, waiting, waiting. <laughs> and so uh, he was a true gentleman, and he... Um, Paid his bill and he told me what he wanted me to order for him, and he quickly came to Eurekio's, which I know that's what he said from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> However, he insists it was Frugati's, but ah, if Bill and I had just done so, I understand you want me to meet you at Eurekio's. We had avoided all of that. It is a chuckle today, but at the time, I truly thought, gosh, this is pretty sad. I (laughs) I think he's not showing up, and he felt the same about me. Affirming, affirming what other people say to you or what they're doing. So you see this little circle going around? There's a number one. You affirm their thoughts, feelings, needs. You can do that through active listening. Repeating back, that's a need they have. They need to be heard. They need to know that what they said to you, you understand it, right? You just affirm them. I see you're really upset. And then you'll assert still what you're going to do through the fruit of the spirit. But I still need you to take the garbage out. Uh, Let's say husbands, what do you guys need of your wives? I don't know. I don't want to make this so typical, but what are some needs you have of your wife? Maybe to iron your shirts. That's really old school, right? <laughs> dinner. Honey, I know you have a busy day, but I'm looking forward to our dinner together tonight. Right? Affirm, right? It's a good start. Don't you want to promote love in your home, right? Right? Your needs, don't you want your needs met? Amen. So we do that, though, through the fruit of the Spirit. Right, Carmen? She's saying, oh, amen. Right? We do that through love, not demanding, not speaking or screaming louder. No one will want that. People do this, they'll shut down, and then it becomes more of a problem. If you notice on your paper, there's, it says use I statements, not you statements. Whenever you say you never, you always, right, people hear the word you, and they're going to go attack, attack, attack. I'm not listening anymore. They don't. They feel attacked. They're going to stop. Take that you statement out of what you're speaking to your spouse or your children You own what it is you want. You own what it is you hear or see. You own the affirmation. You own being assertive. I understand you said we're going to meet at Eurekios. I. I need you. I know you're busy today, but I need you to do this. Right? Not, You're never here for me. I always ask something from you and you just never do it. Well, yeah, who's going to want to do anything for you, (laughs) right? You've got to learn how to speak to each other in truth and love. Remember that truth and love? Truth, affirming, repeating back, in love, asserting what you need. This is it. You can switch it up. Speaking. Truth and love, love is affirming, asserting your truth. Either way, it works. But people always need to be affirmed first. Then they're more open to listen. I'm going to tell you a beautiful, beautiful example of this Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay. Jesus is knowing what he's going to be facing very soon, and he really needs his disciples the three disciples to be there for him. I know the hour is late, affirm, but I need you to watch and pray for me. He goes away to the Father, and he comes back. What is he doing, everybody? I mean, what are they doing? Sleeping. Did they do what he asked? No. He wakes them up. That's the one and one. So the first time he asks them, he's going around this mountain. He wakes them up the second time. Do you not understand what I'm going to go through? I really need you to watch and pray for me. He goes away to pray and comes back. What are they doing the third time? Sleeping. They didn't get him. They didn't understand what he was going through what he was going to go through, and he saw that. And sometimes in your communication, maybe who you're t- to whom you're speaking isn't getting what you're saying. They're not hearing you, even though you've affirmed them, even though. So it says, and he left them. He didn't ask them again. So when you start saying it again, saying it again over two times, it starts to become an argument. Uh, it doesn't, it's not what you intended from the beginning, right? And so sometimes you just understand, I, I think they're not understanding what I'm saying. So you just, he went away, and I loved what he did. This is what you can do also. He went away to the Father and prayed, Lord, right? Let the, this cup pass from me. He and that's a beautiful example for you. Maybe your spouse or child, a coworker, someone in your life, family is not getting what you're trying to share and assert, right? And so you just go away and pray. Lord, they're not getting it. What can I do to make this better? Own your part. Maybe you spoke it incorrectly, right? That's what you do. And you let it go. That's the detachment piece of saying, I think I'll just leave this alone for a while and we'll come back later. What do you guys think of that? Right? No more than twice. It's really, it's true. You start keeping that going, and guess what? It just becomes an argument. You guys know what I'm talking about because I know it, right? So I loved number three. Uh, This was God's word to me. I had a longer, but Jesus is the word, right? We reflect the word in what we do and say to each other, be an adult, speak the truth in love. We reflect the word. Psalm 1914 says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. James 1.19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become what, everybody? Angry. When you start to become angry, that's a trigger. Step away, take a break. Know that your trigger. You're, it's starting to become something different, right? Ephesians 6.4, and fathers do not Provoke your children to what? But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. How many fathers sitting in here have done that with their children? Think about that. How many of you uh, men or, and women, your fathers provoked you to anger at times? Right? They didn't know any better. They did what they knew. Right? But you know what that feels like. That's not how God wants us to talk to each other. So I want to tell you a story of a man who, uh, he was about on the verge of divorce in his home. I'll call him uh, John. And every day he came home, kids were fighting, the wife was angry, he'd come in, criticize, blame, just so much, you know, they call that word toxic, but. Uh, there was not love in the home. There was just anxiety and anger and frustration. And one day on the way home, he consciously made a decision, what if I just changed the way I spoke to my wife? He didn't have anything to lose because he's about ready to lose his family. And so he came in and started doing that over his wife, just speaking truth and beauty and love. Remember singing those notes of beauty over your mate? So he just started doing that. And then he started doing it with his children. At first they didn't trust him. (laughs) Uh, Who are you and what would you do with our dad? (laughs) So he just continued in it. And it took about three to four weeks, but they finally realized, (laughs) oh, you know what, this is what he does when he comes home. Maybe this is true, what he's doing and saying. And over time, it changed the entire dynamics of his home. And soon they were speaking beauty and love and support and encouragement over each other. It literally not only changed his home, but if you think about it, Because divorce can be so devastating to families, right? It changed the legacy of his family. And just when he decided, I'm going to put away childish things, I'm going to be an adult, and I'm going to speak beauty over my mate and my family. In Psalm 33, 9, at the beginning, I read to you, For he spoke, and it was done. It stood firm. So from the beginning of time, God demonst- He demonstrated that our words, what we speak, can be done and be firm. I, as a counselor, I've spent years in counseling, undoing those words that were done, Some at a very young age that we take to heart and we believe about ourselves. You're an idiot, you're stupid. You won't amount to anything. What's wrong with you, right? Gosh, that's a shaming question right there. What's wrong with you? The child immediately goes, what is wrong with me? Maybe there is something wrong with me. And guilt is what we've done, we feel convicted about. Shame is there's something wrong with me, right? Right? Is that what you want as your children growing to take in and believe? Because they believe you. You're your parents. You know, you're the parents. You're the mommies. You're the daddies. And I encourage you on Mother's Day to speak life into your children, to each other. I encourage husbands to speak beauty over your mate. It's a wonderful, wonderful message God has from the beginning of time. He spoke life into existence. That was the the beginning. And that's his word for us to speak life and light over your families. And when you start to get triggered and that anger starts rising and you know you're going to say something you regret, just take a break. Go outside. Take a walk. Go to the refrigerator and get some water. (laughs) Literally take a break because those moments of anger can, I mean, they can last a lifetime for a child, especially if they become a message that the child hears often, right? All of us in here, including me, have some of those things you remember as a child that were spoken over you, and maybe you still ha- believe it today, right? You still, you know, I'm an idiot. Well, who says that? Does God say that? Never, He says, you're a child of God made in his image. You are his masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus. You know what that word masterpiece means in the Greek? It means it's a poem. Now, that wasn't in my notes, but that's from God. I started this message with a poem from my mother. A poem, how unique each poem is. He's spoken that over you. Isn't that beautiful, right? So we're just going to... Say the three again and review. I hope you've got some great tools that you're going to take. Put them up on your refrigerator. Take the small ones, too. Put it in your pocket or wallet in your car. Learn to change from childish ways to adult ways, how God spoke the world and earth and life into being. And that's what he wants for you as well. For Mother's Day, I thought this is a great gift to give you as a mommy, over your children, husbands over wives, in your families, and wherever you go. Amen? So in review, number one is what? Be an adult. Number two, speak truth in love. Number three, reflect the word. Amen?